dear listener, this is Interfaith-ish. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and every other Wednesday right here on Tacoma Radio, we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common ground and differences between our traditions. This morning, dear listener, I am happy to be joined by two terrific guests. My first guest is Hoodoo practitioner Juju Bay, who is the host of the podcast A Little Juju. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you with us, Juju. Thank you so much. And also joining us is my friend Osa Obaseki, a musician and one of the creative forces behind the interfaith, interdisciplinary, and dare I say it, interdimensional artistic community, The Sanctuaries. Good morning, Osa. Hey, peace, Jack. I'm happy to be here. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I'm so happy to have both of you here in particular. Um, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm very interested to find out from rereading your bios as I was preparing for this show this morning that you've both kind of been on a similar geographic path. You've both spent time in Atlanta and Baltimore, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of you have, have roots in both of those places. And, and Juju, I, uh, you know, don't tell me that you, you've got people in Nigeria because then I really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, my, not from family, but my a lineage, a spiritual lineage that I'm a part of because I practice Ifa is in Nigeria. So I do have Nigerian connections in that way. Yeah, well, all right. We got a, <laughs> apparently we got a couple of cousins on the show today. Right. Yeah, it's a family affair. But, um, it is. <laughs> I'm really eager to get into it with with the both of you um because even though I've I've known Osa for for a few years now um and the guy's got a lot of layers, a lot to explore, um uh, always working on new projects, so I'm excited to dive into that and and Juju, we just met uh really a few months back when I found out about mm-hmm. your show. So, uh let's let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what the spiritual or religious upbringing was like in your household. Mhm. So, I grew up born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. That's where I'm based currently. And I grew up Catholic. I grew up black Catholic. I think sometimes oh, wow, when okay. I tell people that I was Catholic, they're like, "Oh, black people are Catholic?" I'm like, "Yes. <laughs> At least in New Orleans and Baltimore there are black Catholics and black Catholic I know churches." A few. So. I know a few down here in DC mm-hmm. too. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I went to Catholic school um, from like primary to high school. You know, I was in uniforms. I went to Catholic church. Um, I went through the different rites and passages of what it meant to be Catholic. But Uh I think when in eighth grade was when I started questioning everything and going on my journey. Okay. And and around eighth grade is when you're supposed to get confirmed in the Catholic faith. And I was like, you know, parents, I'm not about to confirm something I'm not sure about. And that was such a big deal that I said that. Um, And I even got in trouble for it. Like, it was very intense (laughs) because, like, my family's intense. And so that kind (laughs) of started my own journey of, like, hmm, like, what else is out there? What is for me? And even though it kind of happened at such a young age, I'm in eighth grade, Mm. um, that was the first moment that I was like, I get to choose and decide what I want my spirituality to look like. So from that, I became Baptist. And then I, you know, went off to college and I became Baha'i for a a moment. Oh, really? Okay. And I I started following the Baha'i faith. And then I was atheist for a while. So I've pretty much been everything. I started looking into Judaism, Uh Islam. And then I think I arrived at African traditional religion and and, and traditions of the diaspora about four years ago when I started really just immersing myself in ancestral veneration and looking to my ancestors mm. and, and just doing my research. So that's 
the, yeah. you know, a short way to talk about that I've been and looked into everything. A real spiritual <laughs> seeker, a real spiritual yes. seeker. So um, yeah. what, I'm curious, you know, that four years ago when you said that you, you came into uh, traditional Af African practice, I, I'm, I'm curious about whether there was a, was there a formative, like, spiritual experience that you had that, that, that put you in that mindset <sighs> um, that, you know, eventually led you to be exploring hoodoo and practicing that? In a way, uh, so I had a dream in 2015, and I, I'm a dreamer. I dream very vividly. Mm. Um, and in my dream, I was on a plantation, and I, well, in the, the dream at first, I looked into my grandmother's face, and it was like I went inside of her. Like, it was like I just completely went into her. Wow. And so I could tell that it was from my paternal grandmother's lineage and i witnessed just horrible things happening on a plantation to someone that i understood as an ancestor of mine wow. and so i woke up from that dream and it completely shook me like because it was so horrendous and i felt like i was there and i knew exactly like what part of my lineage it it came from okay. and so i went to school i was in grad school at the time and I talked to a professor who practiced African traditional religion and I didn't see it as a spiritual experience. I just was shooken up completely during school. Like I couldn't focus because mm. I kept seeing replaying the dream and I told her about it and she was like, your ancestors are trying to connect with you and they want to heal. And I was like, wow. what? Okay. Wow. And then from then it just, that's it. Huh? That's it. Well, I mean, yeah. that's, that's a pretty direct message. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was like, they want to heal. And I was like, okay, uh -huh. okay. So, so tell us a little bit for folks who don't know, and I'll, I mean, frankly, I'll, I'll count myself among them. Um, how do you, how do you define hoodoo practice? Like, what does it look like in your daily life? Um, you know, yeah, just tell, tell us a little bit about it. Back, back up a little bit and tell us about, about hoodoo. Mm -hmm. Right. So hoodoo isn't necessarily an African traditional religion, okay. um, though it has its roots in Africa because, um, I'm descended of people who were enslaved from Africa and West Africa and Central Africa primarily were brought over to the Southern United States. And so hoodoo is sort of that integration of traditional African practices and thoughts and beliefs, but also having to figure out how to do that in the U.S., mm -hmm. like on new land and new terrain and having new, very new experiences, meeting new people. You've got new plant matter around you. Right. You have the earth's got its own um, energy and, and exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. There's different History. spirits that are being told to you about, you know, we're incorporating now there's more biblical text. Mm. And so it's the incorporation really of those belief systems of spirit. Um, and also like, but we got to make it do what it do you know, in the U.S., in the South, and mm. also amidst enslavement. So really, it was a way that, you know, my ancestors resisted all of the trauma and atrocities that were happening to them in enslavement. It was the way that they learned the plants, that they knew what plants to eat to feed themselves. They knew um, what roots to use to clean their own wounds, right? They didn't have access to doctors and, mm. you know, there was not care. So how do we take care of ourselves spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally within this new place? Um, and, and so it's kind of the, all of the spirits kind of coming together and, and so using then that. Are you, are you translating that then into your own daily practice in terms, you know, you're talking about sort of health and healing and such. So, mm -hmm. so is that, mm -hmm. is, is it drawing from, from that as well as, as you're talking about the, the veneration for ancestors? Is there like mm -hmm. a practical, yep. the practical side also? 
So it's it is um, so like something that I grew up hearing, and I think a lot of Black folks have, and maybe other folks too. But like is is old wives' tales and just things that people call superstitions, mm. but they're actually rooted in something. So every year on New Year's, my grandma said we have to eat collard greens and we have to eat black eyed peas. Uh-huh. Nobody really asked why, but. It's just something that you had to do. But when I dug and researched, I'm like, oh, it means things. It means prosperity. That is what green represent. Cornbread represents having a sweet year. Mm. Um, it's every new year. My grandma would say a man has to walk in the house first on the New Year's with money in his pocket. I didn't ask any questions about it because I was just like, that's just what has to happen. I'm going to have to remember that really- one. I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for prosperity for the year. Uh-huh. And so when I started doing research, I'm like, oh, these are all who these are all based in ritual and belief in something. So mm-hmm. a lot of folks just call it, you know, superstition or wives tales. But it's actually what people did that they believe protected themselves. And so I believe those things protect me and help mm. me and bring prosperity into my life. So that's those are some practical ways that Hootie shows up. Oh, so tell us a little bit about what uh, religion looked like in, in your neck of the woods where you grew up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's interesting because I was conceived in Nigeria, but I was born in Atlanta. And um, so I spent the first five years of my life back in Nigeria. Um, And I think those formative years kind of shaped me in a way that I'm just now unearthing. And um, I grew up in the in the DMV, as it's called, uh, by way of Silver Spring, Maryland. And, you know, I was raised to to think that I was Christian. And so uh, my family wasn't the most um, religious pair of people. However, just the family around me and uh, Christianity was really, really heavy. And I I actually thought that Christianity started in Nigeria. Like that's how hardcore, uh, you know, some of my family was rocking with it. And anything that was connected to you know, ancestral beliefs was called juju and or, or black magic or, you know, it was very frowned upon and poo-poo. Yet at the same time, there was all of these, these ceremonial and ritualistic practices that come from those religions. So it was this weird kind of juxtaposition. But, mm. um, you know, uh, colonialism is real. And so it managed to kind of wipe out those beliefs um, in probably like one generation in my family. And... Um, so then, you know, I got into high school and because and just I didn't really understand Christianity that much. I got into high school, met other people. I had friends of like Muslim faith. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, it's um, I, I, I kind of got interested in, in that. And it, I, I really was wanted to take my Shahada and everything. However, I realized that, you know, <laughs> Nigeria in Nigeria, Christians and Muslims have a very intense relationship. Yes, <laughs> there's like, some implications yeah. for doing that, I bet. <laughs> right, right. So I was like, oh, man, this religion stuff is is corny. So I just left it alone just to be agnostic and just to kind of find my way. Um, it actually wasn't until I was in my 20s, I realized that Yoruba was a whole religion. Now, I've mm. known it my whole, I've known it my whole life. Um, you know, my father speaks Yoruba, you know, my grandmother is Yoruba, but I was like, oh, it's a whole religion. I felt very, um, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the other, everything along the way has just kind of been pushing me closer and I've been inching closer and closer to it. So um, now I'm, I'm, you know, full-fledged, kind of ready to make that next step. So I'm in the process of that now. Well, that, that's part of the reason why I was really happy to have you on with, with Juju, because I think that, Word. you know, hopefully that's a, a, a place of, of, of shared learning and can learn and inform one another. 
It is. You know what's interesting? Uh, ju- yo, just the other day, somebody sent me a link to Juju's podcast. It was the, um, <laughs> it's so wow! It's the, meant to it be was the um, sidereal uh, astrology. Oh yeah! Track. What? Wow! What? That drum was fire. Um, wow! Most, most of it went over my head. I'll be honest, but I think, <laughs> like, <laughs> but the, I think what I the thing the jewel that I took away from that is like really um, having a respect for the practice, right? Mm-hmm. Having the respect for, for um, what people have taken the time to to really cultivate in themselves and and to honor that and not just be all ready to jump into um, these things that are really really deep. They're they're rooted in depth mm-hmm. and also the sister was saying um, people's oracle, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. About how a lot of this is for us, you know. It's for us. It's from us. It's by us, and then, and, and we belong in in these arenas. Um, and it's for, it's for us to to benefit ourselves and liberate ourselves. So, I'm actually really honored to even just share this um, platform with you, Juju and Jack. Oh. Of course, Jack. Jack's my bro. So, oh, uh, yeah. Both, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, what, one of the things that that's always struck me about about you, Osa, is that you're someone who who you know watches, who listens, who welcomes different ideas and forms of expression, and you know really sees the way to to blend and incorporate and celebrate those those different things, whether it's traditions or practices uh, or art. Really, it's one of the things that I always found great about being part of the the sanctuary's uh, extended cinematic universe. Um, it's and 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 I I find that it's it's just sort of a natural. It seems like it's a natural way of of your being and hearing your story about about really you know observing the the tensions, but also you know the beauty that's in these different religious traditions uh, and thinking about how it informs your life. I think you know it all. It just expresses to me really a core part of 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 what I've I've seen in you um, mm-hmm. over the years and and. Aww. Thanks. <laughs> and and Juju, I'm I'm curious about that idea in your practice as well. You know, like like Oso was just saying on your on your show, you bring in so many ways that people people are walking in this path and connecting in their own way. Um, whether it's you know identifying a, as a witch or a conjurer or practicing traditional African religion like Ifa or or pulling in practices like acupuncture and Reiki and reading cards, you know. Um, and I'm I'm curious how. Um, given the available options and expressions, right? It's like this banquet table that's spread out in front of us. Um, how do you figure out what practices or discipline is going to help strengthen your own practice? Like, how do you, how do you go about learning about it so it feels like it's, it's authentic and honorable and, um, and not just being like a spiritual tourist trying something on? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, well, with me choosing guests and also what I choose to learn about myself, like, do I feel, I talk about liberation a lot. Like, is a part of me being liberated as I am engaging in this thing? Yeah. Wow. Um, and if it is, I'm going to keep trying it out and, and researching and studying and seeing how it sits in my spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, then I'm going to talk to my spirits about, like, I'm going to, and then I'm going to have reverence for it, especially if it's not something that like, it's like Reiki, for example, you know, that's energy healing is not unique to to, um, you know, Reiki or mm-hmm. Japanese culture. But I engage in Reiki. So I then I need to have respect for where it comes from culturally and understand that and making sure that I'm taking up or not taking up the proper space or the space that I need to within that practice. 
but I know that when I experienced Reiki and had Reiki, a part of me was absolutely liberated mm. um, and knew that I wanted to engage with this. So I think it's really about like, how do I feel? How is this sitting in my body and spirit? And if it's doing something positively for me, I just love to offer that to others because it's like, hey, y'all, we try and get free. This helped me get a little bit free. It might help you get a little bit free. Yeah. And that's it. And you do with it what you can or and will. Yeah. It seems like it's got that that there's a there's a individual responsibility but also a shared community responsibility aspect as well absolutely without community it ain't it ain't nothing Juju, tell us a little bit about some of the the research that you've done recently in your practice um I know that you took a trip actually down south talking about uh you know connecting with with the south you took a trip uh during during the i think the summer was it um yes to do mm -hmm. some research to south carolina tell, tell us a little bit about that trip and what you discovered during during that yeah so i went to south carolina with a friend of mine who was a pastor um and we know we both knew that we had ancestral connections to south carolina and so my grandmother actually was given land from her mother who was given land from her mother that she's kept in the family and so i just went down there to be with the land you know to mm. be with the spirits of that land to be on my ancestral ground um and you know in in hoodoo things that i did you know like we take dirt from places and we use dirt in our work so i wanted to collect um some dirt there i went to um, plantations that my people were enslaved on um, and we prayed there and we poured libation there mm. um, so it was really just a way to continue on in the ancestral healing that that I, I feel so called and am called to do and really like you know because I talk to spirits like I talk to dead people like that is a part of my practice as well yeah, yeah. and so I, I thought it was important for me to like go and talk to my dad you know on on that land and just ask for their blessings and and just do my research around my people and you know i did the whole ancestry thing and got names and you mean and formally so like on amazing. the on the computer that sort of thing yes mm -hmm. okay yep okay yep formally and spiritually yep and and was that something that you had planned to do uh ahead of time or or was it during the pandemic that you felt this need to to really do that was there something calling you during this particular, you know, because it's a time of obviously sickness and strife and everything that the, right. the whole world is facing. So I'm just curious for the right. context of that trip. I always wanted to go to South Carolina and I'm trying to make it a regular practice and it's not a bad drive from Maryland. Right. So uh, I think the pandemic allowed me to be able to go sooner than I imagined I would be able mm. to. Mm. Um, so that's that's how it kind of worked out. Cool. So a a um, you know continuing this this idea, a strong uh, streak that runs through what I've observed in both of your your works is themes of self love and and definitely black love, and and also I'm I'm curious <clears throat> thinking about about these ideas particularly when it comes to uh, issues of gender and so forth. Um, I know you're involved with this this series right now called uh, Open House, right? and and uh -huh, rites uh -huh. of passage is that something uh -huh. that you can you can talk about like what is that what is that encouraging for men to learn and do yeah absolutely so uh there's a rites of passage program uh, at the healing lodge called the legacy project rights and it's a rites of passage program that that i went through 
and uh, I, it was very just transforming for myself. Um, it, it actually started with the with the women's rights of passage, and that that's been running for much longer. Oh wow! And okay. So what, uh-huh. Yeah. So what you had was uh, uh, many women going through this program, and it was like, all right, where are the men at? <laughs> so mm. there was there was that need for um, a men's version of the program, and I was in one of the sort of guinea pig classes <laughs> and so um after going through that it was really transformational and developmental for me in my spiritual walk um, and moving in a direction my own direction um, it's not tied to any particular uh religious faith or any kind of religious house if you will right it's just it's it's a, it's a program designed to uh help you get a phd in yourself so to speak hmm. and i think that that's important for for everybody to do i mean i'd be feeling like everybody needs rights in some way it was it was the way of many traditional societies um we say things often like you know i'm a grown man or i'm i'm grown and da 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 but but really who certified that and what process did you go through in particular that that verifies that and for many of us um in the black community myself included i mean there's really no real rites of passage and the rites of passage i mean there are actually but the ones that are typical don't really serve us that well you know some rites of passage for black males include you know going to jail um getting locked up uh having children out of wedlock and so on and so forth um those technically can be rites of passage but there's no formal process that's guided and governed by elders in the community to ensure that our development is in line with our culture and in line with who we are meant to be a spiritual being so that's what we're working on on developing uh, for 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 men. Um, we're still putting that in in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in, and we're putting it together. And and you know we we need better men out here. <laughs> we mm. need better a lot of better men. I'm curious how it how it also um, involves. You know, you said it it started with the women. How how does how does how do those conversations go about when it when it comes to men? Um, learning about themselves but also being being better partners in the world with women i guess you know in terms of you know romantic or relational partners like that but also just partners in the sense of being here in this world together yeah absolutely uh it's highly encouraged uh it's highly encouraged in in this program because we're all um in respect of each other we're we're all in respect of the divine feminine of course because most of the leadership is, is is feminine in this particular case and then uh everybody is encouraged also to um respect the divine masculine and so the balance of these two energies is essential to pretty much you know everything that i can think of and understanding it you know understanding what it looks like to to see and witness and engage with the divine feminine in in a healthy way and what it looks like to see and engage with the divine masculine in a healthy way. So I think these concepts are um, very, very critical because, you know, for men in particular, we don't, it, it seems like, it feels like to me, and I can, I would say arguably a lot of other men, it doesn't feel good. How, like, how can you become a better man if everybody's saying, you know, niggas ain't shit or men are trash or men are dogs or men are pigs? Or, like, how can you become a better male if that's, the environment that you grow up around. And I, and I think about that for my son, you know, who's a young man and, and I don't want him to believe that all men are bad. So I have to step my game up and, and become a better man um, for the, for the next generation, because you know, that's, that's what it's about. 
Juju, I think, uh, you know, thinking about some of these same concepts, you know, one of the, on your show, you, you definitely unapologetic, unapologetically talk about femininity and feminine spirituality. So I'm, I am curious for you also about this, these ideas, uh, like Osa was talking about, about the, the um, divine feminine spirit. And, and ha is that part of baked into to hoodoo practice, or is that something more that you're bringing to it um, yourself because of, of, of what's a priority for you as an individual? I would say more of a priority to me as an individual, and also it comes up because I practice Ifa. So mm -hmm. in that religion, I think it shows up more in talking about, you know, sacred masculine and energy and, and divine feminine energy. To be honest, more recently, it's been something that I've been sitting with um, because s femininity, you know, divine femininity and divine masculinity, it's, it's really big. And sometimes it feels like when talking about it, it gets watered down or or it, it gets constricted in the ways that we understand gender um that mm. can be very limiting mm. it doesn't always have to be like that and it shouldn't be like that but i see it a lot mm -hmm. and so i've just kind of been sitting with what you know divine femininity actually looks like and means and there are, there are lists and people have said but sometimes I feel like it just gets really constricted because our gender is often very constricted um, in the West. And so how do we look at these really big ideas and topics from a from a indigenous perspective and not from the lens of oppression, which sometimes I think shows up in those conversations. So, yes, I follow. And I've also just been thinking through like what it means for me and how it shows up in my life and can show up in a healthier way. I'm, I'm really curious about that. So what, what are some of the... Um maybe struggles or things that you are you're are sitting with in your in your meditation or as you're you know talking mm -hmm. to your ancestors about it, about it what is what what are some of the the um lights that mm. are coming to you in that process of questioning well even just very basically if we want to think about everything has divine feminine and masculine energy you know sometimes i think people will weaponize that if there's too much quote unquote divine femininity in a man, you know? And mm. then, so what is that? And that's, that's deeply problematic to me, you know? And sometimes I think it shows up as, as, as homophobia. Like people use that language to really just perpetuate harm mm -hmm. um, to people um, and, and I, and their identities um, and, and my identity. And so I, that's some of the ways that I see it, but I mean, people can we can weaponize anything uh, spiritually to <laughs> to support what we want to or whatever our political ideas and beliefs mm -hmm. are. And people do it all the time. We know this, mm -hmm. um, but I, it's just I've seen it show up in toxic ways, particularly. And so those are kind of some examples that I I'm like, oh, that's not oh okay. I don't think that's what it's supposed to mean because again, these ideas are big. And they can never be constricted um, in the ways that sometimes we try to when talking about gender. Dear listener, in, in the first half of our program, uh, as we do every episode, we heard about our guests' life stories and some of the, the spiritual work that they are doing with themselves and in their communities. 
And and now as we do every episode in in this next part of our program, it's time to turn the mics over to my dear guests to a- have them ask each other some questions of their own. So this is an opportunity for each of you to to follow up on on anything you'd like to ask about each other's spiritual journeys or life stories, things that you'd like to understand um, better or deeper. Uh, and on our show, we're seeking to model constructive and respectful dialogue in the spirit of learning, while at the same time not being afraid to roll up our sleeves and get into some interfaith-ish. So uh, with that, I will turn it over to Juju and Osa. Juju, do you have any, any uh, questions for Osa? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious since we just got on the topic of uh you know, divine femininity and masculinity, you know, how is that? When I was talking, I heard you saying like, mm-hmm. so I guess I'm just wondering like what, what, how that lands with you. And so if you think about those things um, at all in your work, which is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that piece that you spoke on about acknowledging both of those inside of us. Um, I, you know, I, I, I see, I say all the time, I got a grown woman, old woman spirit that walks with me, you know, many old women spirits. So I feel Mm. like the divine feminine inside me is very strong. That doesn't, I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, (laughs) um, that that's okay for me to acknowledge. I'm comfortable in my, in my masculinity to say that, yeah, I got my divine energy is strong that, I mean, I'm not, you know, like what some people might think, what it looks like to have a strong, you know, feminine energy. I don't, come off as feminine but my energy is 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 very divine feminine my great grandmothers probably walk with me you know i got probably some aunties that be looking over my shoulder and 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 looking out for me and i think that is that's important that's a very important thing to acknowledge and get comfortable with uh Mm -hmm. and and because it's because especially for men you know we we're, we're not taught to accept especially you know in certain communities i'm um I'm 30 plus, <laughs> 30 plus, and not 30 plus. So, so you could be honest about it. I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I mean, you know, just like just black men, like we're, we just grew up that way. Like any type of feminine dude, like that's, 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 you know, gay. You know, we got all types of negative words for that. Um, I'm not a feminine dude. And I don't walk around with a purse or nothing, but still I can acknowledge that it, because it's, it's, it's comfortable for me. But also, too, what we don't understand is that even, some people try to say, you know, like at a spiritual level that there's something wrong with that, but really at a deeply spiritual level, that's okay. Like that makes sense. And that's how it, how it should be. So I'm working on acknowledging that within my walk. Um, and it gets, it gets better and better and deeper and deeper. It's a great question. Juju, would you uh, have any, you. do you have any, uh, any uh, recommendations for Osa and his walk? Um, not recommendations. I appreciate the response. And I love what you said. Like, yeah, I have a lot of feminine energy, but people don't read me as feminine. So that's the things I sit with. Like, so then what is it? <laughs> like, then what is it? Because people read. And when we say femininity or masculinity, we can't help but think man, woman, man does this woman does this. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying that you, you know, have a lot of feminine energy, but you don't come off feminine, you know, you don't quote unquote sound feminine, whatever that means. Right. But like, I know we know what it means. Um, then what, then how does it show up and what does it mean spiritually to be those things? Um, so yeah, I just, yes, I say to what you said. Indeed. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, because I'll be, all right, so look with my walk, right? With this divine feminine, right? I'm, I don't know if this is me going too far, 
But sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like, and I wonder if you ever get this feeling because I, I feel like, you know, women like control storms and the earth and water and then they give life and mm -hmm. like they do all these fantastic cosmical things. And then sometimes some women are worried about a man's boot on their neck. Do you ever feel like that's giving up power where it's not, not necessary? Do I think what is giving up power? Like, like feeling, um, like acknowledging like that there's something more powerful than you. Like a man, a man is not, I feel like women are more powerful. I feel like men are scared of women and which is where a lot of the uh, oppression comes from. And so do you, mm -hmm. do you ever, do you ever feel like sometimes women give up their power? Cause I feel like y'all, you know, y'all, y'all control the mm. whole universe. Um, yes, I do feel like that. Um, as someone who has done that <laughs> and mm. sometimes sees, looks at myself doing that. And I'm like, whoa, you, why are you doing that? Like, mm. why are you doing that? Um, so yes. And I, I, I definitely believe in the power, um, and strength of women. But again, I think that that power and strength is exactly what, you know, the West's colonization has tried to weaponize against us um, mm. that suppresses and oppresses mm, uh, women yeah. and thus suppresses and oppresses men and any other gender variant, you yeah. know? So yes, I, absolutely. And it's something that I have to actively work through. And a lot of people I know who are women are actively working through taking power back. But that's what I talk about a lot on my show. You know, like that's what I I hope to do is it's for everyone, but I really, really think about a lot black women because I'm a black woman Absolutely. and like how, how to regain that, that strength and power. That's just innate to us. Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. And trying yeah. to like restore the balance. It should be balanced. Nobody right. should be over anybody. Right. In my opinion. It's about balance. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. are you, a, um, do you, so do you do, um, Hoodoo readings for people? Is that what you do? Yeah, I used to be a full time reader, but that <laughs> is so stressful. Yeah. So I, I used to uh, pull cards, uh, playing, I used to read playing cards and uh, dice. Those mm. are kind of old school methods of reading. And then I'm also a medium, so I don't particularly need a tool. Mm -hmm. But that's what I was doing for a while. And I, I do it for my friends mostly or family. They'll be like, oh, should I go and go on a date with this guy? I'm like, okay, well, let me put the cards on it. But typically I don't do like big readings anymore because it's a lot. But yeah, mm -hmm, I can read. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I'm wondering, do you ever, uh, do you ever, have you ever like denied anybody a reading for practical reasons? Like, have you ever been like, nah, man, I'm not going to give you no money spell. Like, go work on a budget. Oh my gosh. There was any Oh my gosh. I say that every day. I say it's so many people who reach out to me like I want my man back. I want this. He's he won't come. He's cheating on me. I'm like I'm not giving you a spell. You need to leave him. Like I'm not giving you a spell for that. You need to budget. You need to get out of that relationship. Um if you're coming to me asking if someone's cheating on you, they probably are. Like I'm not no. So yes um often often yeah. often i think sometimes people go to the spiritual and it's like okay go to the material first go to the, do the work right. as <laughs> right. well in the physical we can do the prayers and the spells and the candles but like 
take the action as well. Yeah. That's the that's the spell. Right, now that's real, yeah. Because sometimes I be looking at people like you want a reading, bro. It's not even that serious. Don't right, <laughs> right. You exactly. already know the answers. Right. Um, Do you read too? Nah, nah, but I, I'm thinking about, and you know, a lot of like friends come to me, you know, like for advice. I mean, I, yeah. I have, I have a, I feel like I have some type of mediumship going on. So, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be like, yo, yeah, man, just, you know, go work on yourself. Like, you know, right. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's really a lot. Sometimes it's a lot easier than, than we think that it is. Um, now, some people just legit need work. You know, yes. some people legit need work, and I'm not discussing yes. that. But some people, they man, do. you just you just need to, you know, make some goals for your life. It's not, <laughs> it's not even that serious to me. Um, make a list. Yeah, right. <laughs> make a to do list. What do you do? Do um, I had something I was about to ask you. I love this. Oh, so this is this is just a a private master class. I'm <laughs> I'm just sitting back and enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when you um, uh, slipped in my mind, um, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to take a second to think about it. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to ask you though. Do you sure. practice Yoruba religion? Um, I study it more okay. than I can honestly say that I practice it. I mean, you know, I'm slowly okay. getting into it. I'm looking into getting uh, to initiation sometime soon okay and um you but you know the search for uh godparents i mean mm-hmm. yeah that that's real that's the thing in it that's a delicate, mm-hmm. delicate, delicate process actually i was listening mm-hmm. to that on your uh it was a uh interview you did with the sister uh the uh the medicine bath the medicine bath sister oh. Oh, 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 yes. Uh, um, yeah, Ocean, Ocean Daughter. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that whole, the godparents process is, um, it's a process, you know? Yes. And they don't pick you, you, you got to pick them. Yes. So that's, a, that's always an interesting journey. Um, yes, it is. So how, do you ever get, oh, you know what I was about, to, oh, I wanted to ask you about, because I think I saw you tweet something about, I'm paraphrasing, but the, mm-hmm. but the thankless nature of Ooh. of of your <laughs> work, and we we see that a lot now, right? You'll see you'll see like people are posting videos about pastor meltdowns and this type of thing and da 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 da. But it I and when you posted something like that, like I, again, I'm not in this work like like you are or, or others. But I, I mean, I can imagine. I've been in leadership roles, and I can often I can imagine what it's like. You know, it must feel thankless at times. And so how how are you dealing with that? You know, that feeling of like, yo, you doing work, which you already can't you can't put a price on, quote unquote, mm-hmm. sal- salvation. But then the little price that you do put on it, you still kind of get shortchanged. So how, how are you mm-hmm. working? How are you working through that right now? Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's hard, and it's it, it's very hard. And I think when you do dedicate your life to spiritual work, it you're almost signing up for a thankless job. And I think a lot of people have thankless. I think we just need to start thanking people more. Like I think mm. uh, you know, teachers have thankless mm. jobs. You know, yeah. doctors, medicine people yeah. have that. Like people are just not being thanked. So mm. we probably could be better about that as individuals, me included, thanking other people who we don't, the trash people. You know, mm. but um, yeah, I think with spiritual work, it, it's it's extra difficult because it's hard to put a price on it. You can't really put 
a price on it. Um, and then you also are setting yourself up because everybody is going through something, especially right now. People are desperate to heal. And mm -hmm. so um, when people are desperate to heal, they go through desperate measures. They don't, they can violate boundaries um, because people are trying to stay afloat and I get it, but we just can't get anywhere if we're not like respecting the people who are holding so much of that and, and tending and caring for people's spirits. Like regardless of what your religious beliefs are, if you have a wonderful pastor, like thank your pastor. Don't yeah. just thank them, respect them. Don't just thank, respect them, pay them too. Yeah. Like this is currency. This is energy. This is, this is time spent. Like I say my gift is free all the time because it is, but my time isn't. So I've had to be very clear about my boundaries on my time um, mm. and 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 let people know that my time is valuable and it is currency. So mm. that's kind of what I've been doing. You know, certain things I just like, you know what? I'm not giving that out for free. I'm putting this one behind the paywall. Like I do a mm. lot for free. This thing, if you want, the, if you want to go deep, you can go here and, mm. and, and pay for it. So that's that's kind of how and, and I'm also just talking about, you know, the energy and spirit of reciprocity. Mm. Like you, 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 when you give, you get like, it's just what it is. That's how it moves. Mm. That's how money works. That's how it's like, you want some more money? Go and give some money to somebody. Like, don't wait until you feel like you need more. Do mm. it now so that it comes back to you. So mm. I think just talking about that more and telling people like, I'm not saying this that so that y'all pay me or give me money. I'm saying this in general in your lives. If you want to receive, like you, you must share, you must mm. share. So, yeah, that's a that's good how. word. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is just turned into to to me prepping myself for the work that you do. So that's, what, mm. that's what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm 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 loving this. I'm just sitting back and letting you know. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes on this show we have we kind of have to we bring to, together two people who haven't met before and and kind of have to coax them along a little bit, you know. And it's very very basic. And you guys just dove into the deep end of the swimming pool so <laughs> I, yeah. I, I know we're getting all deep i appreciate yeah. i appreciate all this all this learning and exchanging that's 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 going back and forth as we're as we're wrapping up here i wanted to ask you about as you are are talking to your the spirits that are guiding you and and talking mm -hmm. to your ancestors you know relatives of yours uh in the in the spiritual world um, or even you know even um, even your mentors that are that are still with us in this world, um, what what are those? Wh what is the guidance that they're sharing with you in this time? In this time that is, you know, so uh, mm. materially and spiritually painful on so many different levels. I'm curious if if each of you have had things that you've been trying to work out with mm. them, um, and what you've been hearing from them. Can I start? Please. I was just going to say, can Osa start? <laughs> <laughs> Take it, Osa. Yeah, yeah, so I think for me, I, it's for me, it's like it's really, really important to get grounded right now in order to do the work that I need to do for, for all of my people anywhere in the world and, and wherever I come into contact with it. So that's why it's going to look like for me getting into, you know, a formalized, you know, religious structure because I need boundaries. Like I've been, quote unquote, spiritual, whatever that means for a while. But that's that's airy and flighty. And, you know, that's I, in order to really kind of 
move forward and to make the changes that I want to see, you know, I'm being encouraged to get grounded, get settled, get plant my, my feet firmly in the earth so that I can continue to manifest and make things grow. Hmm. Um, so, so that's going to take shape in, in many different forms. Um, and I think that, you know, religiously getting grounded is, is first. Then, then, um, uh, like kind of physically kind of getting grounded, you know, um, you know, with the, with the divine feminine, that's that's definitely you know that needs to get straightened out like yesterday <laughs> so mm. um so you know again but the, the the overall message is is to get grounded and plant my feet firmly and to really get into this healing work because i'm really only at the, the the tip of the iceberg i think that's such a, a beautiful reflection you know there's a time for us to be open and exploring um, I mean, I guess we, we need to maintain a posture of, of always being open, you know, to whatever the guidance is or new information that, that the universe wants to give to us. But, mm. but the, that, that there's, there's, at some point you got to get to work, right? At yeah, some point, right. at some point the, the, the research phase has, has sort of run its course and you've mm. got to take that mm. information and do something with it and make, make a commitment. Absolutely. I guess I'm coming back to the word of commitment. Um, Absolutely. And that's what Absolutely. I'm hearing from you. So, so that's yeah, right. I, um, Juju, t tell us, tell us what you're hearing, what you're seeing. Definitely, yes, on the grounding part. Um, also, surrendering has been coming up a lot for me too. Mm. Um, surrendering in my practice, surrendering to what is happening around, <laughs> you know, around us that. Um, <sighs> I weird to say that we can't control or can control, but like sometimes you just can't control things and you just have to roll with how things are changing mm -hmm. and moving and being adaptable and flexible and just surrendering to that. Like, okay, things aren't how they were before, like mourn them and then figure out how you're going to be flexible and surrender to this process of having to do things differently now. Um, like Jackie, we're talking about like with the radio show and things changing because of COVID earlier. And it's like, yeah, like, cause that's what we have to do. Like we have to adapt. Mm -hmm. So don't, it's, it, we can't be so stuck on what we were doing in the past to where it's just, we won't allow ourselves to even grow or see what we can get from these moments and the good things that can come from these moments amidst all the pain and suffering. Um, so I've just been trying to, release myself from all of that and just roll with it and it's it's been very helpful for me and and yeah that's that's all i keep hearing is surrender all the time so just i'm surrendering to the process and grounding that's sure. great that's great i i i couldn't agree more with that <laughs> i think mm -hmm. we experienced it right in this show um i definitely feel it you know on a, on a regular basis putting this show together that it's i'm just uh, i was saying to a friend that that sometimes i'm just trusting the uh the the radio divining rod that that's just yeah. leading me in the in the right direction and um and I, I i do have to say that in this particular instance i feel like i found uh the definite two right people to be to be in conversation here together um mm. i thought the spirit oh, of this man. conversation was beautiful absolutely uh, yes. and thank you for having me jack yeah so thank you yes, thank you you both for 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 making the time um how can uh our dear listeners find out about uh your projects uh juju uh, where can they go to find out about your show and other works mm -hmm. my website so itsjujube.com i have everything on there it's jujube.com <laughs> awesome and and not a stranger to instagram and all that yourself not a stranger to instagram <laughs> i'm also it's jujube on instagram too and yeah that's, that's it 
Thank you. Osa, what about for you? Ways to catch up with you? Um, yeah, I would say, uh, I, I guess I'd be on the gram, uh, Osa the Healer. Just Osa the Healer. Just great. wherever. Uh, yeah. Great, 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 great. All right, we're gonna get some healing with Osa and find some good music too. That that uh, that Sanctuary's EP is still phenomenal. Still enjoy jamming. Oh, oh absolutely, one. appreciate it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for for joining me this morning. Thanks All so right. much. Guys, Thanks so much. Dear listener, that's a wrap on this week's Interfaith-ish. I want to again thank my guests, Juju and Osa. As always, a big thanks to my fellow interfaith astronauts, Miranda Hofmeyer and Sue Katz-Miller, and to our musical master, Jeff Philosopher, for providing our theme music, another son of Baltimore. Uh, you can find our entire back catalog of Interfaith-ish episodes wherever you find and enjoy podcasts. Remember to leave a rating and review. Follow us on social media at Interfaith-ish and like our content. We post regularly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we want to hear more about what you've learned from our shows, particularly this one, dear listener. Leave us a voicemail on our special listener line, 202-599-2953. And as usual, keep writing us with the Interfaith-ish you wish to dish at interfaithish at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-A-I-T-H-I-S-H at gmail.com. Interfaith-ish, we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, keep it locked to WOWD 94.3 FM for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at TacomaRadio.org.